welcome to Let's Talk Assassin's Creed, your number one podcast for all things Assassin's Creed. So it's been a big week, um, we finally got a story trailer for Valhalla, which was immense, and we've also got some juicy information from Darby McDevitt in a recent interview. So in this episode we're going to be running down some information for the story and two key factors from Darby's interview. But we are not alone, we are joined by a recurring guest of mine and a part- fellow friend and partner, uh, Creed Ash from Creed Landmarks. Hello everyone, very very glad to be here to talk about the story trailer. And I keep butchering the name in my scripts. It's Arsha. AD Landmarks, not Creed Landmarks, it's your Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. I want to change it to AC Landmarks, like the Twitter handle to AC Landmarks. Uh, but it it's still stuck in Creed Landmarks. I don't know how to change it, but if you guys do, uh, hit me up. Um, but if you Google AC Landmarks, it's the first thing that comes comes up, and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> so if we want to follow you like a stalker, just Google. Yep, so, exactly. Let's jump into the story trailer. This was an immense story trailer, and I think we'll start from the beginning, but one of the first things we see is Eivor greeting Sigrid at his settlement, which I know there's a lot of theories about how Eivor is canon for both genders, but one theory floated around for a little bit was Sigrid and Eivor were practically same person in how Odyssey did Alexios and Cassandra. Um. But it seems that theory's now been ruled out. Which is great. Yeah. Amazing. So it means Avor being canon male and female is down to one cause, which makes it a lot easier to understand than uh, the twin DNA thing in the lobby. And if we're talking about mind-blowing stuff from the start, assassins, we finally see them. All the hidden ones, as they should be called. Or, or, hashtag long live Basim. Oh god. I don't see <laughs> everyone's fascination about Basim, but it's good to see Basim, and I'll let you all in a secret. I've paused Basim scene about 16 times now to make sure he was missing a ring finger from a hidden blade. I know it's daft, but I wanted to make sure they got all the little details in. Yeah, I just want to give major, major creds to, uh, I feel like, Darby, who, uh, who like, named Basim, because, like, Basim is such an awesome name in, like, uh, the Arabic culture. It, you know, it, 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 it's a person who, like, smiles a lot, and I just love Basim's smile, and hopefully... He's a really great character. I still believe Basim's going to turn out to be a bad guy. Don't trust him. Uh, yeah, well, um, I think uh, we, we we all saw the judgmental look um, he gave when the gift exchange happened. <laughs> Which Darby did say in the interview that the gift exchange is customary. And I think the reason why Bastin was a bit miffed by like what you're doing is 
the hidden blade represents a lot of things for the Brotherhood, but just to give it out to someone, just out of trust, is a bit against the creed, because this guy hasn't followed the tenants, he hasn't agreed to stay the blade from the innocent, hide in plain sight, he's just an outsider who doesn't deserve the blade. So I think that's why Bastion's a bit like, hmm, can you not please touch it? Right, and and plus, like, I feel like Sigurd is, like, Darby mentions him, he's very charismatic, and I feel like he has a big ego on him, um, and you can just see it being developed in that scene, like, oh, I'm gonna give you this gift, um, and and the assassins are just gonna, you know, look weirdly at the screen. <laughs> uh, I think it was. I think it's very cool to see how it's gonna be cool to see how the assassins are gonna have to learn to live with the customs of the Vikings because Darby has said some ages ago that they're not going down the Hollywood route where Vikings are big barbaric barbie barbarians they're going down that grounded historical way where there were traders there were farmers or explorers they did do a lot of pillaging yes but they mainly just settled and they just explored the world and it's going to be cool to see how they try and balance that with how the assassins are the ones who stay in the shadows the ones who really don't interfere too much without breaking the uh, what's the word shadows you know what i mean Hiding in plain sight, that's the word I was trying to get out, without putting themselves into the limelight, they want to work in the shadows, and assassins, I mean vikings, don't work in the shadows, so how's that going to play out? Yeah, it's a, it's a very stark contrast, um, like, you got people that are extremely silent and very diligent in their work, and then you have, um, like, well, marauders, that are very like straightforward and 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 they will just march head on and pillage so how do you find the balance between that is the um, question and i think there's going to be a good answer and i think the best way to always look at it would be heads and tails a coin there's always going to be the vikings that go out and strive for peace and blend in and it looks like Avar in a lot of the social stuff is trying to blend in, you know, he accepts the customs of a hood, he works at stations by kneading bread in one of the old trailers. So it seems that Avar is the kind of let's settle and I think in the first trailer he stops um his attackers his raiding party from hurting an innocent woman and child and let them go. So it yeah. seems maybe Avar's mentality is to be peaceful, to try and live a life, whereas the assassins are also that similar mindset. They just want to fight for freedom, but not for pain and glory. But I think Sigrid, he might be more about the guns blazing, let's just take territory what's ours, and maybe that's where this friction is going to come in. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like that too. Um... I feel I feel like Avor is going to be very level-headed, whereas uh, Sigurd is going to be the the hothead. 
uh no pun intended because like you know he's a redhead uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but but yeah like uh i feel like avor is gonna go more on the assassin path and i mean i don't know if you saw the uh the templar crest it's not a templar crest it, it, it just it has the cross on on sigurd's uh thing like outfit there's like a crest of like a cross and everyone's like oh my god is sigurd a, a templar uh or in the order of ancients or, or something but i feel like no because he'll be wearing that before uh they go on pillaging england but very very curious because uh yeah i i feel like there's going to be a major rivalry between between uh siblings and i mean it's it's a norse uh saga is what darby said like you know is what's his inspiration uh throughout all this uh, valhalla stuff uh that's gonna happen yeah um you're um very known in the history for the history side of um assassin's creed and the landmarks so it'd be best to ask you instead of googling the templar cross that everyone seems so fixated on isn't is more known for the red templar cross during the Third Crusade, which is around about the time Assassin's Creed One took place, so even if there is a symbol of a cross in the old game in Valhalla, there truly couldn't be a connection to the Templars as they were, because this cross that they bear is something that was designed through the Crusade. Surely, yeah, truly, it's something that was designed for the Crusade. So, um, I feel like I feel like Assassin's Creed is just winking at us with that crest um and i mean it's it's no ma- major biggie but um i did want i did want to say uh, like um there is there is the cult of mithras uh part of the story trailer are, are we are we going th- through that or um are, are we saying are we saving it for later Ah, uh, well, you just have to wait till we get on further in the episode, buddy. I can't spoil okay. everything too yeah, yeah. early. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, jump back, I'll jump back into it. I'll, I'll transition into it. Um, so I think the next major part, I think we could clump into one, is State and Sail to England, New Horizons, and we're met Beautiful with Secret Horizons. It looks amazing. I live in England, and it is quite nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm envious. And... We see Sigurd's wife at the war table, and she basically gives an overview of England, many rulers, um, and shows the country in turmoil. But what's fascinating is she talks as if she knows this place. So I'm believing that Sigurd's wife isn't been at Sigurd's um, settlement in Norway. I think she's been to England, because... Judging by how much time it'll take to sail, if she sailed with Sigrid and Eve at the same time, 
they wouldn't have had time to set up this big massive war room and have all this information on every king of England. So maybe Sigrid's already started to make a settlement there, or his wife has. Yeah, uh, I believe so too. I came, I came into this uh, like realization today too. I'm like, oh god, like, uh, Ranvi is like she must have been in England before Avor was, and I feel like it's kind of the it's kind of the Ragnar Lothbrok kind of situation where Ragnar goes to England and then and and then he's like oh we should make a, a settlement here goes back to Kattegat come comes uh, comes back to England and they make a settlement there um you know full of full of life and I feel like that's the situation because um when when Sigurd is going to like he goes to visit Constantinople and stuff. I feel like he went to England and then he went to Constantinople and then he came back and he's like, alright, we're raiding England. <laughs> Where are we going from now? Are we raiding? <laughs> Let's just raid. And the assassins seem way too pleased about them raiding England. I'll have to admit. It's like as if they want him to raid England. Yeah, I mean, there is there is like a major kind of order of ancients uh threat over there so uh uh two birds with one stone <laughs> so maybe it's because they heard rumblings of the cult of mifros yeah i uh, think let's jump to that my friend <laughs> ooh let's let's jump to that so um yeah the cult of mithras i I did a major thread about them that Darby retweeted and uh I uh I I couldn't believe it. It, it. it was amazing. Darby, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. I've already said thank you a lot. I I I feel like it's annoying, but yeah, I I just really appreciate you. Um and and what I want to uh like stress about the cult of Mithras is that they're, they were like the they were like the rivalry to Christianity uh back in the like back in the Roman times uh but like from the 1st century to 4th century they were big but the but then in the 4th century they went down because of Christianity and maybe they've set up England, and maybe this is their chance to bring back that culture, but maybe the assassins have clicked on from sources that actually there's more to meets the, meets the eye, and maybe they're not actually strong enough as a, they are to investigate the team. So how do you investigate the team without just sending you know, some scapegoats? I'll, I think maybe he's, they're using... The, the assassins and scapegoats send them in, they do all the dirty work, they do all the uncovering, and then the assassins can use that backdrop to put a stop to whatever plans they're running. Yeah, maybe. And, uh, like, it, that's, that's highly likely because 
the the assassins like to work in the shadows and to have the vikings also you know uncover this this um secret religion that's that's going around um that's still going around in in, in england is very likely and yeah i mean i i i feel like the cult of mithras wouldn't be so um like favorited in these times because they're all christians so um they're they're kind of like the select few that do not believe in christianity i think and i think this would be a good time then to look at what darby said in an interview because it seems that so far we've built we see tons of alliances and factions forming the assassins the possible cult the other kings of england and you would think that maybe they'd do something similar to Odyssey, where you'd have conquest battles, where maybe you could take out certain heads of the cult or kings and increase uh, different uh, formations. Maybe you could side more to the cult than to the assassins, you know, maybe go more Templar than assassin. But it turns out that it's not going to be like that. Um, when someone uh, in the latest interview, Darby, replied to, uh, we've seen Eivor before that can build alliances with kings in various regions, can alliances be formed with anyone or some people no matter what. Darby did say all alliances in Assassin's Creed Valhalla are governed by stories we tell, not by a game system. There is some variability in which assassins Eivor can alliances Eivor can make, but they are largely fixed by the stories we are telling. This is history after all. So maybe even if we have the cult in the game and we have the assassins, we have all the kings Maybe this is going to put Eivor in a predicament where he can't really side with anyone, but he has to side with someone, and it might lead to some really tense, jaw-dropping moments. Yeah. See, I it, feel like that's going to happen. Uh, like, choosing sides is going to happen, but but this time around, unlike Odyssey, it's going to matter because... You know, back in Odyssey, if you chose Spartan side or Athens side, it it didn't matter. You can ju- you can just go betray Athens and um and go back with Sparta. But in this one, I feel like once you choose a side, that side is what's gonna help you, or you know, uh, or what's gonna uh decide your fate well when i read your thread uh, for the cult um i was very concerned with a, a rumor that tied into your cult where there was a long-winded rumor before valhalla dropped that ava could become a templar and when darby and everyone started showing information and came up with the idea that there's going to be alliances it got me concerned that if it was like Odyssey, does that mean I can make Eivor a Templar myself, but then do all the assassin stuff, or do all the kings and stuff, but then at the end it's not going to matter if I was a Templar. But to see that actually, no, this is going to be governed by stories, it can mean that maybe the assassins betray you, or maybe you realise that assassins and Templars are no different to each other, and Eivor stops both of them. I think that'd be an amazing twist. 
Yeah, I mean, there is talk of like of like multiple endings. So, I um like here's a very amateur way of of thinking about it. Uh, you either help assassins, help Templars, or or you don't help uh any of them, and you and and you just look at your self own self interest, and uh you know you screw both of them apart. <laughs> well, you touched on multiple endings there, and. This has been asked already to Darby, and his response was, to fully answer this question will spoil some surprises we haven't stopped players, but I will say there are multiple fascinating pathways for Rabbit Tail, a story modelled after the Norse sagas of old, in which men and women fought against fate, eager to forge their own paths, yet always failing time and time again. Now, I think you've got to read between the lines here, because he's not saying anything. But, <clears throat> sorry, he says fascinating pathways. He doesn't say there's going to be an ending, it says pathways. So it's I'm led to believe that, unlike Odyssey, where there's choices that may impact the end, and you've got the three different endings, I think there may be one linear ending for the entire game. But how we get to that linear ending is our own choice, if that makes sense. So maybe there won't be yeah. an, a multiple ending, but maybe there'll be multiple ways to get to an ending, which would work very canonically in the Assassin's Creed lore. I I just want them. This, uh, this this is what I want. The final decision. I just want them to put like canon, uh, like in parentheses, canon. So we go with that and see what happens instead of we we go with our own instincts because you know AC fans were you know were there for for the lore and and for the history of it but like we care about the lore and we don't want to we don't want to read the novel the novel I mean I'll read the novel it's just I don't want the the um, the canon to be in a novel this time. I agree, and I think reading between the lines a lot through this interview, it does stand out that he does say, um, going back to the build alliances, he does say bluntly, "This is history after all." So I'm led to believe that if his stand on the alliance system is this is history, we won't get multiple endings major characters that would live or die spoiler like the head of the cult of uh, cosmos could live or die broke history because she lives canonically she will always live till a certain point in time so maybe darby darby is going down the route that this is history certain characters that you say live or die may not truly impact the story in certain ways. I know there's um, I've seen um, some gameplay where one of the kings you save in the demo uh, fights the person you beat as a boss and you'd expect him to be killed but he obviously he wins the fight so it just kind of shows that they're not going with the idea of one choice the king dies, one choice the king lives. They're going down the choice of actually 
this king lived, he'll always live, we're gonna make sure it stays that way. I mean, yeah, um, and you can thank history for that, because, like, if a king is written to live until said age, um, or said year, you gotta pay close attention to that and not just harm him because like you know if you know history and you choose uh to let oswald fight he will stay alive <laughs> which makes lots and i think this could mean that one or two things my idea of a perfect choice based assassin's creed is coming to light where we have a linear ending certain historical aspects will stay concrete but there'll be multiple pathways to get to where we're going but it will stay grounded in history. Or we're all reading into it too much. Yeah, I mean, um, the story trailer showed us, you know, it didn't spoil anything. I, I mean, uh, aside from, uh, you know, Sigurd potentially being a backstabber. But, um, it showed us enough that we are good right now i just want to see more assassin material maybe maybe like uh we see like the bureau because we saw we saw a, a little bit of like the assassin flag um over there like the assassin banner and i'm like so are we gonna go to like the headquarters um or or not like uh or or is that just you know hype <laughs> i think there's some tricks up the sleeve but i think they're going to honor it as much as possible and i'm excited for what they bring and it's going to be a big one i think it's going to be one of the best games they've done for a while i believe and I think... yeah i mean we have we like we have the assassin symbol back finally after after like odyssey lacked it i'm i'm like oh it's so good to see you um assassin insignia <laughs> um so i have one last thing to discuss and it's a concern of mine in um what's it called in odyssey sorry i forgot the name is Eivor herself. If Eivor is doing multiple choices, how do they make that so it's everyone gets it? You know, how is everyone going to have an Eivor that's funny, charisma, honourable, if everyone makes choices? And Darby said that Eivor is a fixed character of constant personality. We want everyone to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla to come over with the same sense of this character is and what motivates them. However, players will have many opportunities to shape the outcome of scenes and stories based on how they on how they direct Eivor to respond in conversation. For example, if a man challenges Eivor to an in-house brawl, Eivor can shrug it off with a charismatic wink, buy them on a, a round of drinks and forget about it, or accept the challenge and brawl. All of these choices are consistent with Eivor's personality depending on the situation. And I think that has to be one of the biggest improvements for Assassin's Creed since Odyssey. Oh yeah. Definitely. Like 
uh, by by the way, I would definitely choose t- to fight that m- that man in like a brawl. Uh, you know, because Viking. <laughs> but I just really like the idea of if you give that choice to Cassandra and she could choose to walk it off a brawl, and then you've got other choices where she sacrifices an entire family or she does more doing quest. You don't get that same sense of well, which one makes her her. Whereas this one's saying, well. If Avor is chilling in a bar and she buys a drink, and as she's walking out, someone bumps into her, we know that Avor is going to be charismatic about it, probably like hide, it's fine, having a drink, or she's going to have a temper and she's just going to probably go, you know what, let's settle this, I'll beat you up. And I think that's fantastic because everyone's Avor is going to be the same, even if they choose different paths in a quest. Yeah, which is which is awesome. Like, I love it when, um, you know, both both options show charisma. You know, it, like I'll buy you a drink, or we can set we can settle this. Like, uh, like you know, uh, well, Ivor is both male and female. Like. Like we can we can settle this the common way and uh, brawl and the victor wins, you know. Uh, and I I feel like for for Ivor's personality that's that's like perfect because both options are are really uh, fitting. I am. Just kind of curious because I know I could do it with Cassandra and I don't know if I could do it with Eivor, but with Cassandra, I was able to pick a lot of stuff that reminds me of me. Like, I'm charismatic, I'm helpful. So, a lot of her choices were like what I would do. So, I'm wondering if I could do the same approach with um, Eivor, even if she has a set personality. Because if someone buys me, bumps into me in a pub, I'm not a fighter. I'll just buy you a drink, we'll call it quits, sit down. I hope to see more of them sort of things. I, I want to go the peaceful approach. I don't want to fight everyone unless they're asking for it. Yeah, I'm honourable. I, mean, <laughs> I like Cassandra. It, it, it's just like you know the, like this, the story choices, were just like, um, like especially the ending of it. Like you know when you're facing off uh, against Aspasia. Um, you you're given the romance option. I'm like, why am I given the romance option here? That confused me. The you know, this this is my this is my my enemy. You know. Well, the enemy it, of my enemy yeah, was, is also my friend. <laughs> yeah, like like she's like she's responsible for uh, for like you know so many killings. Why why, why am I gonna romance her? Like uh, uh, like. Cassandra is not a bad person. <laughs> well, we'll have to see how that changes in Valhalla. And I'm sad to say, I think that's all we've got time for tonight. There is a lot yeah. more to dive in. And B- by the way, by the way, b- before before we end, uh, which one? W- w- what was your favorite part uh, of the trailer? Um, surprisingly, 
the only thing I was really interested about was the world. Just to see more of the world. Because when I watch these gameplay trailers, I'm not focusing on the characters or the combat. Because I want to feel them myself. I want to feel what it's like to talk to Basim. I want to see what he's like in-game. And I want to feel how heavy the weapons are. So when I watch the trailers, I'm looking out for the world. Little details that I might be able to pick up on. Like maybe in the very corner you could see an assassin flag. I know we see one in broad daylight, but you know, little things that people may have missed if they've just watched for the combat and the storage stuff. If that makes yeah. sense. Uh, uh, yeah, awesome thing. Like, uh, I love the I I love the fact that they showed England more, and you know, it's it's very lively and it has like a diverse, uh, it, it has diverse locations and, uh. Yeah, I mean, for like a historian like me, uh, showing showing the characters and the environments around was like so so awesome. That's my favorite part of it. I think as well, um, if you watch the trailers and you don't focus on what's going on, you focus at the world around it. You'll see some pretty interesting details. Um, like in one of the very old trailers, um. I found it on a Joraptus YouTube. You see Avar doing social stealth, and you're all everyone's like, "Oh my god, social stealth, so cool!" But what you don't really notice is in the bottom corner, when Avar walks past a beggar, she actually has the option to offer money to the beggar. Which then kind of get you thinking: if you're offering money to a beggar, does that mean you could probably bribe the beggar to cause a distraction, which would be a new form of social stealth? But they don't oh, really. Nice. But they don't talk about it, they just show Ava saying social stealth, she's in a crowd, but in the bottom right corner you can definitely see the option to pay the beggar. So that's the sort of thing that I think is really cool for people to look out for. So if you rewatch the trailer rewatch the trailer guys, try and look at the world, see if there's any interesting aspects people may not have noticed. Maybe look at um some of the world design, maybe you'll see like a castle in distance that looks familiar from textbooks that maybe could be an important standpoint if you look for stuff like that you may be able to find some little easter eggs in the trailers that'll tell stories for the game sadly that is all we do have time for tonight um i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did then don't forget to check out at creed landmarks for all these amazing historical threads come check out me on my normal twitter i think i've talked about a lot now so um but also, if you want to hear this episode and more episodes three days early, then please be sure to check out Patreon. I release a uh, an episode every Thursday and then re-release it on Saturday for everyone else. So get get a good three days to have early access and sneak peek at other episodes to come. Awesome, kind of cool. So um, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. All right. See you guys. See you, assassins.